Saving money on your outdoor project? Now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore. The NFL Draft Combine is over at the time we're, we're recording this show. The pro days are going to start here this upcoming week. The NFL Draft pre-process continues to tick along. We're breaking down the running back position for the Miami Dolphins here heading into early March. And before we even get into that, I mean, free agency is going to take shape first. And there are two big, big names out there running back. Not to say the Dolphins are going to get them, but two names that might hit the market, one more likely than the other. The first one is Derrick Henry, and the second one is Melvin Gordon. Now, Derrick Henry, Paul, said that the lowest amount in an interview, he said and in, in the lowest amount he would take is the same contract Zeke Elliott got, which is six years, 90 million, 50 million guaranteed. Man, that's a lot of money for a running back. Yeah, I think Zeke got overpaid, and I love Derrick Henry. I want Derrick Henry. If he goes out there seeking that contract, there's there's two factors to this, and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole on it. Uh, I know we'll probably talk at length about it if it comes to fruition, but I'd urge our listeners to go out and look at the way that the CBA structure matches up as well. It makes it a little more difficult to, to put together a creative contract at this point. So it's going to be hard for some teams to go out and get Derrick Henry. We'll just say some for now in the current environment with the CBA not, not agreed to as of yet. In addition to that, I, while I love Derrick Henry, he's not a guy that's going to catch a ball out of the backfield. And that being the case, that's going to reduce his value no matter how good he is as a running back. So you look at that. If it were me and he goes out, feels out in free agency, and gets laughed at, then by all means, I, I'd be willing to go in that 10 to $12 million range, but that's about where I tap out or probably over four years, maybe five. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, when it comes to Henry, if he's really asking for $15 million a year, I agree with you. I don't think he'd get it. But to me, he's also a player that, A, like you said, is not a good fit in Chan Gailey's offense because he's not a receiving guy. But the rest of his game is so dominant that you may have to at least take a look. But also, too, in Tennessee, I think you also have to structure the running game in a way that has Derrick Henry constantly running downfield, trucking people. And I'm not sure if Chan Gailey and the Dolphins are going to want to build that type of offense. So overall, I would say pass. But if you get down to $10, $12 million a year because he's a running back, I would certainly take a look with all the money that the Dolphins have. The second guy, Paul, is Melvin Gordon. And 
He's somebody that held out for a lot of money last year. The Chargers offered him $10 million a year. He turned it down. He came back in the middle of the year and played pretty so-so the rest of the year. And I'd argue strongly Austin Eckler for the Chargers was a better, more versatile threat than he was. I'd agree strongly that Austin Eckler was a stronger, more versatile threat than he was. And if he's laughing them off at $10 million a year, I'm sorry. I can't go beyond 10 to 12 million a year for a running back. And that's a superstar running back. Unless it is vintage Barry Sanders or vintage (laughs) Christian Okoye, not Melvin Gordon, who is coming off a meh type year after holding out and all kinds of other crap. No, that's just not. Yeah. Four of his five seasons in the pros, he's averaged under four yards a carry. That's it's not to say it's all his fault, but it, yeah, when when you look at the player, I mean, I I see kind of just an average guy. I mean, and he'll be 27 years old this year. That may not seem very old, but this is a very young man's position. And when you look at the top four or five running backs that are going to be in this NFL draft, they're going to be 21 by opening week, six years younger than Melvin Gordon, and a lot of them with a lot fewer hits on their body. So the the other part, the attractive thing could be if Melvin Gordon is available for, let's say, $8 million a year. I, I might think about that, and I could see that being a, somewhat of an attractive option because, A, you're getting a quality back for a couple of years at least. And number two, you could conceivably go into the draft with 14 picks, not needing to take anybody at running back, wide receiver, or tight end in any round. See, I've got news for you. With 14 draft picks, I would still take a running back, and I would still take a tight end, given what I'm looking at with the roster today. It may not be somebody you expect to start for you right away, but somebody that can be a contributor. Possibly. I, Yeah, it's. I mean, with 14 picks, you're, you're going to spread those out quite a bit, and you probably end up taking one of those positions in that scenario, but you don't have to if you have yeah. Gordon and your skill positioners are largely taken care of. So we're, we're setting the, the framework here heading into the draft. And Paul, the way I look at, obviously they have a huge need at running back. I mean, frankly, they don't have a running back on the roster. You've got Kalen Balaj, Patrick Laird, uh, Miles Gaskin. Uh, Balaj, I hope, is not on the team. Laird is a decent third down back in the Danny Woodhead role. Miles Gaskin showed a little bit toward the end of the year, but um, overall they're, they're going to need one, probably two running backs in free agency in the draft. When I look at this draft board, I see five, maybe six players who I would comfortably take in the second round. I wouldn't spend a first round pick on any of these guys. Um, my number one guy is J.K. Dobbins, and we'll we'll dig a little bit deeper into these guys, but one J.K. Dobbins two Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, three DeAndre Swift, four Cam Akers from Florida State, and five, somebody who just ran a blazing 40 time for his speed, for his size at 226, and that's Jonathan Taylor. I also like Zach Moss from Utah as maybe kind of a third-round pick type of option. But then I see a massive drop-off, Grand Canyon-sized drop-off, where after those top six guys – I don't know if I would take a running back until the fifth round. I think there's a few guys that would fit in, and I'm going to approach this a little differently than you do. And, and, you know, for our listeners out there, I know there's a lot of you that are 
ridiculously into DeAndre Swift. I've got news for you. I, I couldn't – you can't fill all the roles on the team in the first and second round. You just cannot. It's Miami's got 14 picks. They've got five picks in the first two rounds. Miami has needs, and I know running back's a need, but that running back needs an offensive line to run behind. And Miami, through both free agency and the draft, has the opportunity to build the line. By all accounts, as we know, they need a quarterback. And if they don't get one in round one, and which they may or may not have to trade up for, again, that's one of the positions filled. They have a definitely need at left tackle. Uh, otherwise, you might as well not even bother taking a quarterback because you're going to get that man killed trotting out the garbage that we did last year. So really it's, it's the running back position. You can stream options there for, for you fantasy folks. You can stream options if you get the right combination. And I go back to when Davin Godchow and Vincent Taylor got drafted by the Dolphins. I know there were a, a couple of guys at the very top end of the draft that were amazing players and, and guys that everybody wanted. For me that year, I was looking at the fifth, sixth, seventh rounders and saying that there were guys that so long as you plug them in in the right role or the right scheme, were going to be completely effective contributors at the NFL level. And that's what you can get at the running back position in the later rounds. You want a guy that can smash through people and run around him as well? A.J. Dillon out of B.C. is probably going to be there in the sixth round. You want somebody special that, that has the ability to run over people and will probably be there in the fifth round. Kashawn Vaughn out of, out of Vandy. You know, you want somebody that may be underrated because he had terrible offensive line play and had to do it all himself at, at Florida. You got LaMichael Perrine, who's already got a cousin on the team. You know, it's, there are those players that fit properly into schemes that you can get in those later rounds. And then you can use those early picks on quarterback left tackle, possibly center, you know, pass rusher, the positions that are a little bit harder to fill later on with effective players immediately out of the gate. Yeah, I I definitely take the opposite approach on it because I I like these top five guys I've got at running back. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is my my top choice. When I just scratched together my overall Dolphins board at this time, you know, as the combine was going on, I had J.K. Dobbins, 28th overall on my Dolphins board. This is a plug-and-play starter, great vision and balance, three straight 1,000-yard years, had over 2,000 this past year, uh, and one of the best pass protection running backs in this class. I, I think you can put him in immediately, and you're going you're gonna to possibly have a 12, 1,300-yard back. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of LSU, he was the team MVP at LSU, not Joe Burrow, believe it or not. Yeah, he's five foot seven, but he uses that frame to his advantage. I mean, the c- comparisons to other type of muscle hamsters like Ray Rice, Doug Martin, MJD, Devontae Freeman, I think those all hold up. And on screen passes, good luck trying to tackle him in the open field with that low center of gravity. DeAndre Swift is third on my list. He's number one on a lot of people's. You know, I think he's a chiseled guy, but I, I don't see anything special in any context with him um you know 5'8 212 pounds uh, Georgia had a great offensive line blocking for him so very good player Cam Akers um there at at uh 20 years old 
he got hit in the backfield, according to PFF, more times than any running back in, in college football. So quite astounding. <laughs> uh, it's it's a miracle that he had over 1,100 rushing yards for the Seminoles, five yards a carry, 18 touchdowns this past year. And at 20 years old, he doesn't have a lot of tread on his tires either. And with Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin, I mean, the production speaks for itself. His last three years, rushing yards, it, it looks like a glitch, but it's not. Uh, 1,977 in uh, 2017. 2194 in 2018 and 2003 in this past year. Sixth all time in rushing yards, and he missed a year. If he would have needed less than 1,000 yards to be the all time leading rusher had he had a fourth year. And I think I might look back and think that I overthought this guy a little bit. He just ran a 439 at 226 pounds and is arguably the most productive running back over a span of three years. But there are some problems with him. He has 18 fumbles in his college career. That's a lot. He's a non-factor in the passing game, both as a blocker and a receiver. But, man, when he's got the ball, he can take it from point A to point B. And then Zach Moss from Utah, you look at him and take one look at him on film and tell me that you don't see Kareem Hunt, who led the, the NFL in rushing in 2018. So I see a strong top six guys. I would prefer – to take one of these guys at 56 where the dolphins have their fifth pick in the second round. But I, some of these guys, I'm not sure if they're going to get down to that spot. So I can say right now I would comfortably take Dobbins, Edwards, Hilaire and Swift at 39. I think that would be a solid pick. And then Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers or Zach Moss at 56. But Paul, I know that you want to wait a little bit longer to, to possibly get that running back. I do. I mean, if 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 one of those guys fell to, to the fifty six pick, I could understand it at that point. It's I really want to fill quarterback, pass rusher, and two offensive line slots in those first four picks the way it stands today. So it's I it, it would be a struggle for me to say go running back unless the board fell completely different than anybody on the planet's expecting. That being the case. Uh, it's Zach Moss. Ooh, I do like him. I really like him. Preferably, I, I wouldn't mind Miami sliding back a little in the third and then grabbing him if he fell. But I, I, I'd say with that third round pick for him. Once you get beyond Zach Moss, it, it's very intriguing to me. And the guy I'm highest on, I know some of our listeners really like that we brought him up already. Um, and I'm, I'm going to dive into him first, even though he's probably – Projected as a six, I'd easily take him in the fifth. I, I think he's somebody that could have a sneaky good career in the NFL, and that's A.J. Dillon. Um, he's a guy that you can even slide to fullback a little bit, possibly. That's some of the speculation out there. For his career at BC, and that's despite playing through an injury his sophomore year, he played three years there. He's got 4,382 yards, 5.2 yards per carry, 38 touchdowns, He's finishing by leaving early 220 yards short of the ACC career rushing record. He also added 21 receptions for 236 yards and two touchdowns there too. I mean, so he's got 40 touchdowns in his three years, including an injury-prone sophomore year. And then, I mean, hell, you go back to his senior year of high school where he only played in four games 
He had 635 yards and 12 touchdowns. It's, it's AJ Dillon at 245 pounds ran, I believe it was a four, five, three forty. And he's shown the elusiveness to get around you. He's very athletic for his size. And we've seen with Derrick Henry, what a punishing back can do. And this is a guy that can also catch a few balls out of the backfield. So he's one I'm really high on. I would grab him easily in the fifth, maybe even the fourth, if you filled enough needs thus far. I don't give a damn where other people have him ranked. It's, it's one of those scenarios where go out and get your guy if he's there. Outside of him, another guy I'd look at in the fourth round would be Keyshawn Vaughn from Vandy. He's a guy I really like. He's a tiny little pocket Hercules, basically, that can go over around you as well. He had over 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns for Vandy his senior year, and he caught almost 300 yards out of the backfield on 30 balls. Josh Kelly out of UCLA, he's a guy that we saw a lot of in the senior bowl. I'd easily take him in the fifth, as well as LaMichael Perrine, who I think is very underrated and, and is starting to turn some heads, given the fact that Florida didn't have a lot on the offensive side of the ball, and he still made things happen, as I alluded to earlier. Plus, he added 40 receptions for 260 yards and five touchdowns. So, I mean, he can do all the Chan like things. Liked what I saw out of him after the season ended. And then you got Darius Anderson out of TCU, pass-heavy offense, still managed to average 5.4 yards per carry for 823 yards and six touchdowns and 22 receptions and 128 yards. It's There's a lot of decent options late in the game, and that's not even counting guys like Anthony McFarland. Yeah, there are some there when you get down to – the Dolphins are expected to have – I wish they'd release the compensatory picks. Now, they probably will by the time we release the show, but Dolphins are expected to have two to four picks in the fifth round. They already have two. They may get a third, depending on if they get the, the comp pick for Cam Wake. Um, and they're expected to also get that fifth-round pick back that they traded to Arizona for Kenyon Drake. But And that's where I see kind of that, that sweet spot at running back, even if you sign, draft one early or sign one in free agency. And A.J. Dillon, you know, you said a you know, sixth round uh, that you take um, – or, or, or excuse me, he's projected sixth round and you take him in the fourth or fifth round. I don't even know if he's going to get to the fourth or fifth round after what he did at the combine. Cause yeah, he ran a four, five, three with a 41 inch vertical at six foot, 247 pounds. And if you're one of these, I don't care about workout numbers types of people. I understand, but those numbers certainly pop. My thing with AJ Dillon is that I, I'm not saying he's like that. He's a clone of Kalen Balage. But they both, to me, kind of do the same things, where they don't have really any factor in the passing game. They're so big that it, it, it makes it hard for them to turn on a dime the way that you need to at the NFL level. So, A.J. Dillon, I, you know, I'd be fine with him fifth or sixth round, but I, I do like other running back ahead of him, even after the top six guys that I had mentioned. So, I'd say if I had to pick a seventh guy on that list. It's somebody that a lot of people aren't, aren't too familiar with. That's Patrick Taylor out of Memphis. You know, mm. somebody at 6'2", 220 pounds. This is a guy that Tony Pauline talked a lot about, and I had a chance to watch him. I, I think like David Johnson and like Alexander Madison, he's going to be moving up draft boards, and then you're going to see him taken in the third or fourth round and think, who the heck is that guy? But then you watch him on tape, and it's like, wow, he does look like – 
he has the makeup of an NFL running back. He's got that big frame. He also could have some versatility in the passing game. Anthony McFarlane would be next for me out of Maryland. Reminds me a little of Devontae Freeman. Undersized, but has some stockiness to him, has some explosiveness. And in 2018, he actually had a game where he had 298 yards against Ohio State. So not a lot of people can say that. Um, Josh Kelly is a name you mentioned, Paul, and one I actually had mocked to the Dolphins in the fifth round of a previous one we did. Nothing really jumps out for him, but he's a solid all-around back. And I, I saw a lot more burst at the Senior Bowl that I thought the, that he may have had. So a decent player there. And also, finally, the other one I would take at anywhere in the top five rounds. My final guy is DJ Dallas out of Miami. Uh, he switched from wide receiver to running back, so he understands the passing game. He's still learning to really be that running back, but I, I've saw a couple of very, very good runs out of him where he's got kind of that build-up speed that a, that a wide receiver has and a stocky running back has. And also, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, Daniel Jeremiah also said that this is probably the best pass protection running back in the draft. And you know Chan Gailey is going to like somebody who can get out of the backfield uh, and and catch some passes because he's a former wide receiver as well as block too. So that would kind of round out my list there, Paul. I, I'd flirt with the idea, and I need to see more of him of of JJ Taylor out of Arizona. I mean, he, he he's very tiny. He he doesn't have the build to be an every down back in the NFL. But there have been some folks comparing him to Tariq Cohen of the Bears. So he's definitely worth taking a look at. Uh, I'm not sure if you mentioned Eno Benjamin. Um, He's another guy that seems to have slid a little for a lot of folks, but he, he's done some special things throughout his college career. And then did you, did you mention Cam Akers? I apologize. I, I thought you may have, but again, it's, it's, we've, we've named so many running backs at this point. Uh, yeah, I did. In fact, we, while we're recording the show, we had a little uh, disconnection issue and that, that was the name of the player. I talked about Cam Akers when we disconnected momentarily but yeah he's somebody that I, on my overall Dolphins board I've got him at, at I've got him ahead of Jonathan Taylor uh, uh, by two spots I've got him 35th overall on my Dolphins board so I'm very very high on him especially with the big need the Dolphins have at running back so Kat I'm going to ask you about another guy because I know you're a big Mizzou fan what's the story with Larry Roundtree I've, I've heard some very positive and some very negative and you've probably got the most eyes on him of anybody. So I'll let you kind of talk, but I'm just curious. Is there anything there? Uh, I didn't see anything special out of him. I mean, I, I think he's a, a, the typical running back who takes what's blocked up. So if, if you get a good offensive line in front of him, then I think he could, think he could be a good player, but I, I think he could say that about a lot of, a lot of running backs too. So overall, you know, maybe a, maybe a late round type of player, but, uh, that's about it for me. Now, one guy I'd be intrigued to see a little more of was Antonio Gibson from Memphis. He's a guy, he didn't really yeah. get a lot of, uh, a lot of running opportunities in 2019, but he's looked good when I've had the opportunity to see him. He averaged, he averaged 11 yards per carry and he, he, he added 38 passes for 735 yards with eight touchdowns. I mean, that's somebody that, for a Chan Gailey type offense could actually sneak into a very productive role and you may be able to grab him later, even undrafted. Yeah. It's six foot, 224 pounds. I, I see him going somewhere on day three 
Um, you know, it, it's been he's been one of those players that throughout the draft process, people aren't really sure if you're going to have him at running back or wide receiver. He certainly has flaws and strengths at both spots, but yeah, I, I somebody you know again he he'd be a perfect type of guy with one of those fifth round picks that the Dolphins have. I'm with you. It's he's definitely one that I, I I'm a little intrigued by as, as as one of those late round guys. I do want to see, and this is something that I know I don't know if you and I fully agree on, but especially if Miami doesn't get a Melvin Gordon or a Derrick Henry or a running back in free agency. I want to see them double down on the running back position in the draft. If they grab somebody in the second round, I still want one of these guys in the fifth or sixth round. If they grab somebody in the fourth round, I still want somebody in the fifth or sixth round. I, I want them to double down here just like I did with tight end a few years ago. So yeah, I, I could see, see that. that. And when we did our mocks, we both had them doubling down. I took Cam Akers in the third and uh, Josh Kelly in the fifth. And I think, I know you took two running backs. One was AJ Dillon, and the other is is escaping my memory right now. But I think I took Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah, you did. You did. That was Keyshawn Vaughn. I, th- I think you took them both in both in the fifth round, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and yeah, I mean that 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 would certainly be interesting. I, I but when I look at these top five guys, I see a real potential for a bell cow because I, running back has become a one contract type of position where. If if you can get them for four years and you can put them in there and 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 hammer them away, that I I, I think you're going to be able to to justify that pick very very easily. Mike Renner from PFF had the perfect thing to say about running backs. He said that running back for a GM is kind of a pat you on the back pick because you draft a running back in the first or second round, he gets 250 carries, he gets 250 carries, he finishes with a thousand or more yards. And if he finishes with a thousand yards, he's a good running back. And if he's a good running back, he's a good pick. And that's the perfect way to describe that um, uh, on there because they're, they're immediately going to be a focal point in the offense there. So I, I'm with you in that. I, I would like to, at the end of the day, wait to that 56 pick to get one of these guys. But if we're there at 39 and you've already got a couple of running backs off the board, I, I think watching the draft, that that's at the point I'm going to say, you know what? Now is the time to take a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at 39. See, for me, if if there's a run on running backs early, I, I'm still comfortable with what's late. And if there is that run on running backs at the end of the first, beginning of the second, before Miami picks, that means somebody slides to the Dolphins because we already know that there's going to be a run on quarterbacks in round one. We, and if you add a run, uh, a run on running backs there as well, that's seven to 10 guys that are probably going above where they're at on most draft boards. And with that being the case, that just means somebody ridiculously talented that should have been a first round pick that may not be a running back or a quarterback is probably going to slide a little bit further back within striking distance for Miami. Yeah. And they also could too, from the 56 pick end up trading trading up a little bit to get, you know, five picks in the top 45 and with that last one being at running back. So the Dolphins do have the, the, the flexibility and the leverage to do that. And typically I'm arguing the same points you are, Paul, that, that I, you know, I have so little respect for the running back position. I think if you have the offensive line blocking 
properly and you have the talent up there that you can basically put anybody at running back. But I, I so I, I find myself talking a little bit differently this year because I like these top six guys so much and I'd be willing to spend a second round pick on six of them. Uh, other players too, to, to round things out, it, guys, I didn't, you know, I, I would, I'm not big on drafting period. Uh, Eno Benjamin from Arizona state, like you mentioned, very productive in college. I just don't see a lot of special traits. Same goes for me with LaMichael P Ryan, uh, JJ Taylor from Arizona. Yeah. He's stocky short and he had a 1400 yard season with Arizona in, in 2018, but I, I don't see a lot of special traits out of him, him either. Salvin Ahmed is somebody that I, I was hoping was going to blaze a quick 40 time instead he runs a four, six, two. And so he, that completely takes him off, off my board. So yeah, we'll, we'll see here because the dolphins are going to end up drafting one or two of these guys and in free agency that takes form first. So we'll see if they get into the Melvin Gordon or, an outside chance at the Derrick Henry sweepstakes if he hits free agency. And that will do it for our breakdown of the running back position here on the Finn side. You're listening to Cat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the Finn side. So, D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the Finn side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fifth. Look, listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.